Hey, patrons, just want to wish you a good night's sleep. Uh, like, uh, I guess I could sing because this would be good. Go to sleep, go to sleep, go to sleep, dear patron. Thanks for your support. I'm testing out singing only once. And I'm wishing you to sleep. Don't worry, I won't make it a regular thing. Good night, though. Thank you for your regular support. I couldn't do it without you. Night, night. Uh, hey, up all night tossing, turning, mind racing, trouble, getting to sleep, trouble, staying asleep. Welcome. This is Sleep With Me, the podcast that puts you to sleep. We do it with a bedtime story. All you need to do is get in bed, turn out the lights, and press play. I'm going to do the rest. And what I'm going to do is create a safe place where you could set aside whatever's giving you awake, whether it's uh, thoughts, uh, thinking, you know, thinking going through your head that's giving you awake, uh, feelings, uh, emotional uh, or physical, uh, to-do lists, uh, stuff that your brain says you didn't do, travel, noise, whatever's giving you awake, I'd like to take your mind off that. I'm going to create a safe place, as I said. And the way I'm going to attempt to accomplish that is by uh, sending my voice across the deep, dark night using these uh, lulling, soothing, creaky, dulcet tones, wings of pointlessness uh, or paintlessness, uh, I guess paintless wings, uh, and uh, like uh, meanderwear. I I wear a special kind of undergarment called meanderwear, which enables extra meanders. And, you know, clothing has its own meanders anyway. It's not like, uh, otherwise you just wear like, uh, like, I guess a poncho. What's the least clothing that has the least, uh, here's a question. And and I guess maybe I've asked this before. What's a pleat? P-L-E-A-T, I believe it is. I remember when I would buy pants for school or on the rare occasion I would need pants to wear to some event, uh, I would go to a store, and for men's slacks, there would be a choice between pleated and non-pleated. And I always found that incredibly confusing. And even to this day, I do. I would be like, well, what is it like? And I think for a while, I bought pleated. And then at some point, I went pleat-free. Because I think it was just like, it seemed like like in the middle of, like, uh, right where your hips are, there was just like a folded-over stitch or something also, I don't fold, like, if I iron my pants, I'm not ironing them down the middle. I don't know if it was just to assist in that, uh, like, if you ironed your pants that way. I prefer my pants ironed uh, along the side seams. Uh, like, uh, I get enough, you know, my pants are going to get wrinkled anyway, so I don't need a natural wrinkle down the middle. Oh, going off topic, that's another way I create a safe place. But main thing is... Uh, the way the podcast works if you're new it's meant to take your mind off stuff the idea is you can't think about two things at once so if you listen to me instead of thinking about or processing whatever's been keeping you awake i'll try to create a like be just interesting enough to take your mind off of that and just soothing enough uh to make you feel comfortable to make you feel at home to make you feel welcome to make you feel like a, a human being that deserves a good night's sleep. That's important. You're important. You're important enough not to have to listen to me for very long. Uh, so you know, this is a podcast you don't really need to listen to. And it, it's to help you fall asleep. Uh, but it's kind of a paradox, too. Like, you deserve a good night's sleep. I'll be here to talk and distract you and take your mind off stuff and accompany you, just like we were walking side by side. Until you drift off into dreamland, however long that takes. That's why these shows are an hour. They're also a complete episode. I mean, sometimes the shows are two parts. Tonight we're talking about Star Trek. Uh, Because I also make the show for the people that can't fall asleep. That's where I was when I got the idea for this podcast. Uh, Like lying in bed just feeling alone and and wanting a little uh, something to to, to feel like... uh, I don't know, to, to change that feeling, to, to take me away. So for the people that, that can't sleep, I'll be here the whole time. But that's also, I'll be here the whole time to give you, that gives you permission to, to not listen or to stop listening. I think that's a paradox. And if you're new here, the structure of the show, here's how it works. The top of the show is about five or six minutes, the very beginning. 
That's the business portion of the show. If you're new, not that essential. If you listen regularly, that's the most essential part of the show. And, you know, ideally, you, you, maybe you listen to that tomorrow again or something so you know how to support the show. That way we keep it going. Uh, then we have an intro, which we're, we're halfway through maybe. Usually the intros are about 12 to 14 minutes, kind of me demonstrating, you know, that uh, to give you permission not to listen and, I don't know, set the mood, I guess. I really uh, work hard to make you feel welcome and at ease. And I'll probably give you a pretty good idea if the show's going to work for you, like uh, the second or third time. Most reviews say it takes two or three times, but this gives you an idea that the show's, like, lighthearted, a little bit silly, not very straightforward. I've got creaky dulcet tones. I don't make a lot of sense, and I'm a bit goofy. Uh, then tonight we'll talk about a great episode of uh, Star Trek Elementary, My Dear Data. And we'll talk about that for 45, 50 minutes or something. And then we'll have intros or uh, thank yous at the bottom of the show, at the end of the show. So that's kind of how it works. Like, pleats or no pleats. You you know, like, this is the only podcast that, that uh, it has optional pleats. Like, otherwise you got to buy your pants and you're stuck with the pleats. This one... And I mean that because you can listen all the way to the end. I'll be here. Or you could fall asleep during the intro. I'll be here to help you fall asleep. Uh, but it's a sleep podcast, but there's no shoulds. It's not like this is a like a, a structured, rigorous thing where it should work for you by then or you should use it this way. You know, kind of like uh, I guess that's how pleats work. I guess Johnny, the, Johnny Pleats or whoever invented the pleat is probably – you know, up there at the big farm saying, I can't believe he doesn't know how to use the pleats. Uh, and they said, well, if you made them optional, like, uh, but, you know, whatever, like button, but, you know, button pleats or something. Anyway, let's get off of pleats. So tonight we're talking about elementary dear data. And, and a couple of things I wanted to talk about in the intro, uh, Dr. Pulaski, Data, and Jordy are having this interesting conversation and Data said something that plagues me at bedtime. He says to uh, Dr. Pulaski, are you able to cease thinking on command? Uh, and, uh, like, cause it's applicable to their context. But I said, well, no, I'm not, I'm not Data. I mean, I do talk to Data and the other characters a lot. And I said, that's, that's why I make my podcast, because that's one of the reasons I can't sleep, is because I can't just say, stop thinking. I mean, that's what my parents would say when I was a kid, and I could, well, why don't you stop thinking about school? They'd say, well, I can't. I can't stop thinking about school. That's why I can't sleep. Well, you, you could sleep if you stopped thinking. And they'd say, well, I can't do that. And so that's kind of where the podcast comes in, to take your mind off of stuff. In this episode, Dr. Pulaski said, in medicine, I'm almost uh, often faced with puzzles I do not know the answer to. And I think at bedtime, that, that could be tricky. Like, like this podcast, it's a puzzle you don't need to know the answer to. But a lot of times, that's what drives my thinking. is like trying to figure out the answers to all my puzzles and get certainty. Uh, but Pulaski also had this great little thing uh the dark flex, flex, F-L-E-C-K-S, that drive us. The dark flex that drive us. Flex is a great word, F-L-E-C-K-S. Uh, and they could be, you know, different than thoughts. But I, I, I don't know. I enjoyed those things about uh, that conversation. And I feel like, you know, I guess like my thoughts are fleck-like in this podcast. They're fragmented. Uh, they come in waves. uh they're a little bit, a bit tough to put together, you know, because you like flex. You can't use paint flex to paint, you know, though there's probably a way to create art out of them. I'm sure people are doing that somewhere. And it's tough to puzzle a solution from your fragmented flex. Plex. Now, the plex flex. Also, if, you, if you're in any rhyming things, remember flex, F-L-E-C-K-S, you can rhyme with X words. So that's good to know. You know, I'm no rhyming dictionary, but I, you know, I do, uh, I do notice obvious rhymes when they're out there. But I think that's it. If you're new here, give the podcast a few tries. Like, uh, I hope the show helps you fall asleep, because uh, I make it because because I know what it's like lying there, uh, struggling to get to sleep. And I also know the other thing. Like, uh, my sleep's been on and off lately. 
And I also know that other feeling when you wake up with a good night's sleep uh, and you slept through the night or, or at least you, you, you got to sleep and uh, it, how good that can feel, uh, how, how much relief it can give you. And I truly believe all of you deserve that. And uh, it's one of the things that drives me to keep making this show three times a week. And to keep going, uh, to be here, to try to help. Uh, so I'm glad you're here. If, if this is your first couple of tries, you know, give it a few shots and see how it goes. It doesn't have to work for you. It doesn't work for everybody, but I hope it does. And I say this almost every episode. I'm glad you're here. And I work hard. I strive and I yearn to help you fall asleep. So thanks for coming by. All right, folks, we're talking about, uh, this is going to be elementary, my dear Data. That's the episode we're talking about, episode, season three, season two, episode three. Uh, now, this isn't shore leave. It's rond. I don't know if it's rendezvous leave because the captain's log, it's star date 42-2-86.3. And they're three days early for a rendezvous uh, with the USS Victory. And so they got nothing to do. And then we start out in engineering. Uh, oh, also a couple of notes here before I get to the um, action. HD, the, the Enterprise looked great. The HD uh, sh- shots of the ship in this episode, phenomenal. Yeah, it just really lit in a great way. Uh, we see Data walking with ver- with purpose uh, in, Gren- in Grenium. In, in in engineering, he runs into Ensign Clancy, who has a cat that eats the canary smile or grin. And she says, yeah, and Data goes, is there a problem? Jordy said, get down here. Or Captain, Chief Engineer LaForge said, urgent. Uh, and she's smiling. She goes, he's over there with the victory. And Data walks out, but he looks back at her uh, like uh, he's confused. He rolls up on Jordy. And Jordy goes, something's weird going on with your assistant. Uh, we're not going to run into victory for three days, but uh, and Jordy's chipper. There's no other way to describe it. Joyful, joyful Jordy, I guess, would be the best way to describe it. He says, yeah, she, she already thinks it arrived. Well, not the starship, the original. And Jordy shows him, a, I don't know like what scale it is, but it's a giant uh, model ship Jordy's built. Uh, three mast uh, sailing ship, yellow and black, three uh, three floors of cannons. Uh, and Jordy and Data get down low, and they look at the deck of the ship, uh, and they're really looking close up at it. Jordy made it by hand uh, for Captain Zambada, the uh, captain of the Victory, an old friend of Jordy's. Also reminded me, I think maybe I talked about this in another episode or maybe I just thought about it, the War at Sea. The Art of War at Sea was an old computer game I used to play a lot. And the ship reminded me of it. It it took a a big learning curve on this game. And we're talking in the, I don't know if this was a VGA game. I think it was probably, maybe it was in the VGA era, maybe it was in the CGA era, but... uh, once you learned, this was one of these games that taught you a keyboard shortcut, so it was good uh, to learn. Uh, but so, uh, Jordy and, uh, uh, this is just a great episode. It gets better every second. Uh, so, uh, Jordy says, uh, let's see, you know, he's, he's showing the ship to Data, and Data says, you said it was urgent, uh, and Jordy hands Data a blue cloth sack, and it is one of those, uh, I don't know what you call these pipes, but a big-ass pipe like you'd blow bubbles out of. Uh, or if you're in, you know, uh, Sherlock Holmes, which uh, Data puts it in his mouth, uh, and he bites down hard so it makes a sound. And this is when jo- Joyful, Jordy's joy, 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 Jordy's got it down in his heart for this episode. Because uh, he says, uh, Data says, my Watson... And Jordy says, "I've shown you one of your one of my dreams." He goes, "Let's go take part in one of yours." Uh, and Data says, "Yeah, yeah, sounds good." And Jordy says, "Clancy will be gone a while. Uh, no, no, make sure nobody messes at the uh, ship." And she says, "Where can we reach you?" And Data's in character, and he gives this dramatic uh, voice. Uh, 
And he says he can be reached at 221 B Baker Street. And you know we're in for a treat. And then we see Data and Jordy. At first I thought Data was in a robe, but it's really full costumes uh, at the entrance to the holodeck. Jordy's in a suit, uh, like as he's uh, Watson. Uh, but Data has like a quilted robe, like a robe where the inside is like a quilt. Uh, I, I guess like this is like a, Homes After Dark. I thought that was on Cinemax back in the 1980s. Uh, but that was a different, but, but anyway, he, he, uh, they go into the, uh, holodeck, the inner, uh, what I can only assume is uh, Sherlock Holmes's office or lounge. Uh, very impressive, very detailed. There's books, there's either one or two fireplaces, there's glasses, there's uh, thick maroon curtains. There's an orchid. Uh, Data's happy. He runs the uh, stem of his pipe across the book spines. Uh, and then I said, two, is there two fireplaces or just uh, the switching of the camera? Uh, Jordy makes a, like a like a mistake that I think an engineer would have known. He like uh, opens the top of a bottle and sniffs it like close to his nose, uh, which I thought you're supposed to. I don't know. I don't think you're supposed to do that kind of stuff. Uh, then we have like a little fun sequence where Data picks up a violin and he goes to the fireplace and his back is to us. So I'm assuming they had a stunt violinist uh, there or vice, a stunt a viol, music, music, musical double, body double. I don't know. But it's a really fun scene. Data starts to play the uh, violin. Jordy sits in a chair. His legs are crossed. He's very impressed with Data's uh, uh, playing Data's in full robe, uh, list, oh, and uh, Jordy starts like uh, narrating a Sherlock Holmes adventure, uh, which is fun. Uh, talking about, I don't know, it's just a fun little sequence. Uh, in my hands of my friend Sherlock Holmes, the violin ceases to be a musical instrument, and then there's a knock at the door, and it's uh, Chief Inspector, Inspector Lestrade. This is at 7.50. He's with a Josh Brolin-esque character. And, uh, they, 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 you know, Lestrade's like, we, we have some help. And Data says, I say, your perturbation, uh, like he just says, like he uses a lot of big words. And Jordy Brake's character goes, Data, did Holmes really talk like that? And he goes, oh, yeah, yeah, of course. Uh, and then Lestrade's like, you know, this Josh Brolin like character needs a hand. He's dealing, dealing with some stuff. Uh, Jordy tries to turn on a light, and then D Data solves the, the crime within four seconds. The guy's got a missing photograph that he's actually hiding on him. Steeped in political intrigue, but uh, D D Jordy's not happy about it. He, he says, computer freeze program. Oh, also Data swaggered up to the dude and pulls his pocket back. That's how he reads, reads reveals it, but... Uh, and then Jordy freezes the program, storms out. Then they're in 10 forward because Data's hurrying after him. Jordy, Jordy, what's wrong? Uh, and in 10 forward, they're still in costume. Uh, and I thought when someone would at least go WTF or like someone that's close to them would be like, yo, what's up? Uh, what do you guys, just their party we don't know about? Like, like, uh, uh, also on their table, it's like a green scented table, a green scented candle and two different size, uh, white and silver spheres, which I thought were interesting. Uh, but Jordy's not happy cause he's like, I thought he goes, it does, it's not a fun game. If you instantly solve everything data, you kind of ruined it. Like, uh, it seemed like jo Jordy's like, uh, uh, advocating for his wants, uh, in role play. It does, and he's because he wants it slow. You know, he wants a slow role play. Data, if you can't take a hint, you should listen to this podcast with a little mystery added in. You know, for titillate. You know, for fun. He he wants a game. He doesn't want to just get right to the solution. Data, and believe me, I've been on the end of this speech, so don't worry, Data. It's you'll you'll you won't, you'll, who knows. But then Doctor Pulaski. He's listening in, and this is where, like, uh, I kind of lost respect for Dr. Pulaski, I'll just be honest. She, she seems really passive-aggressive here, or aggressive, 
passive, almost more aggressive than passive, but not in a direct way. I don't know what the right word is, uh, like subverting data a little bit. Or his, uh, int- I don't know, because she's like, uh, well, Data could never, he's just, he can only play. He can't beat someone like Sherlock Holmes. Uh, he's just a robot. And this is Jordy's best friend. So he goes, no, no, deductive reasoning is Data's strength. Uh, and she goes, yeah, but he, Holmes had a soul. Uh, and he, he understood, you know, that, that people do the good, you know, people, the great gray area we live in called life. Uh, Data doesn't understand that. Uh, he's just programmed. He doesn't have a human intuition. And Jordy goes, you're being unfair. And she goes, I don't think so. He wouldn't, he couldn't solve a book he hasn't memorized or something. And Data goes, well, I've memorized all the books, actually. And Jordy goes, well, maybe we could come up with something like a home style where you wouldn't know the outcome. And Velasquez says, you know, he wouldn't be able to win. And Data, very, very uh, pre- appreciated. He says, I accept your challenge, Doctor. Let's see. Uh, Jordy just wants some, Jordy wants Data to show some effort, be appreciated. Uh, Pulaski was amused, but also rude, I said, uh, like when I was watching her body language. Uh, but don't worry, the, the worm turns on this one. Also, uh, hopefully, I'll remember to talk about the engine sounds in this. Uh, uh, but Data's happy he's, when he says, I accept your challenge. He's not, this is at 11.15. Uh, he says, I accept your challenge, Doctor. And uh, uh, Jordy says, good for you, buddy. And he goes, we're going to go back and I'll take the computer on. He goes, and you can be a witness, uh, Pulaski. And uh, she says, I wouldn't miss it for the world. And Data says, come, Watson. Uh, just love Data's look at this. He puts his pipe in his mouth with a snap, and then we cut to commercial. Oh, so the engine sounds, and I see someone in our Facebook group posted a, like a long loop of it, really distinct at the uh, ad breaks or the teaser, whatever you call it, the bumper between the ad breaks, uh, where they show the exterior of the ship. And I, I don't know if that's true, if you can hear noise in space or not. I think I've heard it both ways. I tell you what, at Earth's gravity or in the vacuum of space, my thoughts still don't make sense. So, so we get back and Data is in the full full Holmes outfit, full houndstooth Holmes. That's what I called it, except a Holmes, not Holmes. He's got the houndsuit overcoat or suit, however you say, the double billed cap. Uh, Data's in, or Jordy's in a standard Watson, which you know is like. Uh, you know, standard watch, and you know what that is. And then uh, Pulaski's like in a like a maroon dress, so she's a, a fluttering a fan. She got a feathered hat. They go out to the streets of London after they tell the computer. Uh, you know, they're like, okay, we're gonna do a Sherlock Holmes type mystery, and it's like a like very uh, very cool. London looks great. Uh, they uh, are in front of the Flaxville Wheat Market on Tory Muse Street. Uh, there's quality and service in one of the places. Uh, this is at 1237. Uh, there's like a, a meat, like a meat pies and a uh, mailbox. And then Data's like standing behind, uh, grinning behind Jordy and... Uh, Jordy has his hands in his vest pockets, uh, like double, like double pocket watches or something. Pulaski has gloves on. Something walks by, uh, I don't know, like uh, fresh meat pies. I don't know. And then at fifteen, oh no, they're fifteen, sixteen. These are the house numbers. The chemist. Uh, then Data says there's a ruse going on, and they're at the League of the Redheaded, uh, the Redheaded League. Those are the. Um, the, uh, the, that's the underworld hangout. I guess the redheads are up to no trouble. Uh, but someone's setting up Jabez Wilson, who's walking down the street, and Data figures that out. He says he deduces it. Uh, yeah, but Pulaski says, nope, he didn't deduce anything. And she doesn't even do it in a calm way. She calls him a fraud. This is, I think, where that was it for Pulaski and I. 
Uh, she goes, you didn't do de- de- fraud. You didn't deduce anything. You just combine. It was a combination of two different uh, home stories. Fraud, she says again. And Data goes, I reasoned from the general to the specific. Isn't that what deduction is? Actually, he goes, I have a dictionary in my brain. And she goes, no, 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 no. She goes, inspiration, original thoughts are what Holmes was doing. You're just doing variations on a theme. She goes, you'd short-circuit an original mystery. It's elementary, my dear Data. And Jordy again steps up. He goes, hold on, hold your roll. I guess Data, Jordy gets a little too into it. He goes, we'll see whose circuit's short out at the seashore. And then this is the first time I saw this, but Jordy calls for an arch, and a computer arch appears uh, where he can interface. But there's someone watching in the background. Um, you know, someone will soon figure out who that is. Uh, also, I didn't like how uh, Polanski was talking about Data to Jordy like Data wasn't there. I guess I have a list of grievances. She, I'll tell you what, she's no Dr. Beverly Crusher. And I, I can only imagine her face when I asked for a second opinion. If I had, you know, if I was there on season two, I don't know what, like, uh, where is this? I just don't like. I guess I still like to stick up for data. I've got a little La Forge in me. Uh, gets uh, get irritated. The point of data. You get over here. Calls for the arch. Uh, the man looks on from the distance. Jordy programs the computer. He says, Holmesian style, create a mystery to confound Data with an opponent with the ability to defeat him. And the computer goes, what are the parameters? And Pulaski says, what does that mean? And Jordy says, uh, how far to take the game? It was, I don't know if this is exposition or what, but Pulaski goes, like, uh, limit the risk? And Jordy goes, no, no, no. Whatever is necessary to accomplish the directive, create an adversary capable of defeating Data. I put no and no to Polanski. Oh, that's the way she says it. He, she goes, what is Polan? You know, what does uh, that mean? He goes, no. And then there's a shot of the bridge where Worf is looking at some readout and it, ma- it makes a beep. He looks to Riker. Riker says, what's up? He goes, it was an odd surge of power. And then they walk off from the computer arch and uh, there's two drunken sailors. What would you do with them? I don't know, but there's a man watching the same man, stunned, he puts his hat on, and there's a woman there behind him. Oh, first they go back to the, uh, it, it doesn't matter, like Pulaski, like, but there's a woman behind him. She goes, uh, you are right, Professor? He goes, I feel like a new man. And he goes, Arch, and then the computer Arch appears. He goes, what do we have here? And the computer goes, computer standing by. And this, it turns out this is Moriarty. He says, what are you doing? And the computer says, if you refer to the arch, it's a computer control. Uh, she goes, do you want to imp- do any input? She goes, no, not at this time. And the woman says, this is, you know, dark magic, Moriarty. And he goes, the best kind, I'm sure, but I need information. And the data majority are walking and talking. No sign of Pulaski. Uh, then they call out, they find a shoe, and they go, geez, the doctor took a walk without her shoe. And Jordy goes, no, 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 the doctor's messing with us, putting you on a m- goose chase to embarrass you. Uh, two men as Data dramatically grasps the shoe. Oh, he figures out, he says, geez, she left with two men, which never, there's no payoff to that, uh, uh, but maybe it's because it is actually a goose chase. Because uh, Jordy's like, she's going to be telling everyone. But then there's like a pull into J- J- Data's face. He says, there's a game afoot. He goes, come Watson. Because he, he starts to deduce things from the way her, the shoe and the footsteps. And the close-up is at 1835. Uh, come Watson. And then uh, Jordy, like, uh, he, he looks even amused. Uh, he's breathing. Then there's a commercial break. Yeah, then we get a long shot of like a cobblestone lane, and then Data and Watson run to the end of the lane. And then Data, who's in character, says, listen to those footfalls, Watson. We're on the right track. Uh, two, two people, Pulaski's with them. And Jordy goes, is this because of the Holmes story? And he goes, no, no, no. He goes, I'm deducing, bro. He goes, I hear shuffling and, and uh, you know, cobblestoning. 
He goes, uh, pure and simple. Uh, and then they run after the footfalls, and then they hear him again. They go, there they are again. Also, Jordy has to hustle to keep up with Data. Data breaks character for a second and then goes back into character a couple times, but, but uh, like uh, on purpose. Uh, so there's another joyous reason to watch this episode. And there's a couple foghorn sounds. Uh, and then the Jordy scratches his head at some point when Data's doing some analysis. And they hear the footfalls. Then they both run. Oh, this is like, and then they see Moriarty's profile, or I do. You, you, we see it, they don't. Uh, and they're led down a dead end. And, but then the uh, Lestrade shows up. He goes, uh, Professor Holmes, uh, I got something over here. He goes, Come on. And even then, like, uh, they say, Geez, what is the game? Is the game gone off on its own? Like, is this a choose your own adventure? And Data wants nothing to do with this. This is like a side thing. He, like someone, somebody scraped their knee. He goes, this is just a knee scrape here. He's like, we got to carry on. But then why, like Jordy wants to play. So he says, I think I solved this knee scrape. He goes, there's a banana peel. And uh, that. And then Data goes, no, no, no. The, the, the Holmes goes, I'm sorry, Jordy. But Jordy holds his lapels the whole time. And he says, this is what happened. He goes, it was a sneeze. And then this, uh, you know, so the yada, 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 saves the day. But while he's saving the day, he sees Moriarty watching over his shoulder. And he goes, this is a really uh, 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 strange line. He goes, and now for strictly personal reasons, I must leave. And that's right around 20. For strictly personal reasons, I must leave. That's like 22 minutes uh and as they head out, they break your character again, because uh, uh, Jordy goes, uh, Data goes, if this isn't connected, and uh, this is an independent program, and Data says, yeah. And Jordy goes, why? And Data goes, I don't know. And Jordy goes, do you know what's going to happen next? And no. And Jordy's excited about this. He goes, perfect. Uh, where to now? He goes, we'll find, he goes, Pulaski's in there. And Jordy goes, how do you know? He goes, it's uh, obvious. Uh, and he goes, why is it obvious? He goes, we're supposed to be, we're supposed to find, find our way. He goes, you know, you, you, he goes, you, you, you set up a nemesis and that's where our nemesis is. Holmes's nemesis, Professor Moriarty. And Jordy's real, Jordy's really excited. He goes, now this is getting interesting. And then they're in a warehouse. Data actually has a magnifying glass out. They find a hidden door in a bookcase and they roll into this luxury lab parlor it's got candelabras red carpets red chairs and moriarty watches uh and he nods at holmes and then uh, data breaks character because uh, moriarty goes the time for games is over or first maybe he doesn't break character right away he goes uh Data goes, Moriarty, right? And then, you know, Jordy's still playing both sides. And Moriarty goes, yep. And just like uh, I knew you were here, uh, welcome, um, Holmes, but not Holmes. And Watson, but not Watson. And then Jordy's like, what do you mean? Uh, and Data goes, where's Dr. Pulaski? And he goes, she's here. And Data goes, she probably didn't tell you anything. And Morty goes, she provided many answers. Uh don't you forget I'm your equal, Holmes. I've read her expressions. What she's not said is as important as her words. And Data goes, everything okay? And he goes, well, my mind's crowded with images. He goes, thoughts I can't understand but not purge. Uh, he goes, you two look and act so odd. And I've never seen you, but I'm familiar with you. It's confusing. He goes, I felt new realities at the edge of my consciousness ready to break through. He goes, surely, Holmes, if anybody can understand, it's you. And Jordy is shocked. He goes, Data, holy moly. And Data says, say nothing. And Moriarty says, I know there's a great power named computer, power, more powerful than the Oracle at Delphi. Uh, it controls all of this, and we can speak to it, Arch. And then the Arch appears. Uh, and Jordy goes, Data, can't, it shouldn't be able to call for the Arch, uh, and the first time I watched this, I didn't quite pick up on this, but uh, this is really interesting. Moriarty says, it described a great shape on which I am like a fly 
on a turtle's back adrift in a great emptiness. And we can't see the picture, but he goes, what is this, Holmes? And Data takes a piece of paper and, like, just heads right off. He, he's totally like, what? Oh, boy. And Jordy goes, Data, wait, wait, wait. And uh, Moriarty goes, why does that worry you, Holmes? And then they exit. Uh, Data tries to shut it down, but the computer won't shut the uh, holograph down. And they're walking the halls, him and Jordy. Uh, and Jordy's like, it's still running. And Data goes, yeah, we got to go tell the captain. And he goes, w- w- what's on the paper? And Jordy shows him, and it's like the, sh- the Enterprise. Uh, and Jordy's like, that's impossible. He goes, how does a character from London draw the Enterprise? Uh, and he goes, what about Pulaski? And Data goes, this is like a serious business now, Jordy. we got to move. And Data says, this is serious business, Jordy. we got to get to the captain. So then they head to the captain... And there's a whole, st- st- like, a staff meeting. And Picard goes, why couldn't it shut down? And the computer says, uh, we o- override protocol. And Picard says, on whose authority? And she says, uh, the computer says, Jordy LaForge. Uh, and Jordy goes, me? And then Picard goes, okay, well, let's slow this down. Start where it happened. And Jordy says, well, Dr. Pulaski, he was messing with my best friend about data couldn't solve a mystery. And Picard goes, okay, so you asked the computer to solve a mystery. And Jordy goes, yeah, with the worthy opponent. And Picard says, worthy of a Holmes? And then Data goes, no, no, worthy of data. Or Jordy says, worthy of data. That's what it is. And Picard says, merde, I think, yeah, which is a bad word, I think, in French. Or maybe it's mierda, but uh, in Spanish, but... Uh, uh, Jordy's like, Captain, and uh, I'm so sorry. And he goes, okay, don't worry about it. Uh, he goes, the Moriarty called for the arch. Uh, and Data goes, or Picard says, okay, so he can get into the computer. And then Data's like, yeah, and with all our files, uh, I would have to try to find a way to create a true adversary. And Picard says, theorize Data, what are its limits? And he goes, well, it's still a fictional character with 19th century knowledge. And Riker goes, but tapping into 24th century knowledge. And uh, Data goes, yeah. He goes, uh, and then Worf goes, you know, I could sweep the holodeck. Uh, and Data goes, yeah, it's a bad idea. Bill Pulaski's still down there. And then they say, uh, what about getting rid of the holograms? Uh, and Jordy goes, well, I don't think we could do that without Pulaski. You know, hologram wash isn't exactly good for people either. And then Troy goes, Captain, something's coming from the holodeck, a unifying force or a single consciousness trying to put everything in focus. And then Data goes, that's the explanation. In programming Moriarty to best me, it had to acquire something which I couldn't possess. And Picard goes, what's that? And he goes, consciousness. And then the ship, like, rocks up and down. And they see, geez, the holodeck, too, took over control of the ship for a second. And Picard says, Data, we better get down there. And Data goes, okay, I'll get out of this home. And then Picard goes, no, 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 I'll put, it, I'll put on a costume. We're going undercover. And then we're back in Moriarty's lab where there's, like, a wheel turning on, like, this steam-driven type machine. Pulaski's sitting and Moriarty's getting her tea. She says one lump or two, but she doesn't understand that. But still, she seems really amused, like this is still a game. This scene seems like it was a little bit, like it could have been earlier. It kind of seemed like it was, uh, it's out of order. Yeah, but she wants some scones, so they eat some scones. Moriarty plays with his hands uh, and uh, calls for the arch, uh, punches some buttons, uh, but he can't remember the last command. Uh, then at uh, 3355, there's this Princess Bride moment because uh, he tries to quiz Pulaski. He goes, yeah, geez, he goes, are we traveling in a great vessel? And she goes, I don't know what you're talking about. And uh, he goes, uh, he goes, uh, she said, uh, like, do you like these scones? She goes, you're way different than the Moriarty I read about. Uh, she, he goes, well, I'm not great, by the way. 
And he goes, I'm going to bring my my world and your world. I'm going to use my world's knowledge to figure out yours. She goes, I don't know what you're talking about. And he goes, of course you do, madam. The more you proclaim your ignorance, the more you try to mislead lead me, the more I am on to you. Every silence speak vo- speaks volumes. And it just reminded me of that one scene with uh, the Iocane powder in uh, Princess Bride. And Pulaski says, well, anyway, thanks for the tea and crumpets. I'm going to be going. And he goes, where? Uh, to the Enterprise? He's got like a chalk drawing with some math on it about the Enterprise. And she goes, yeah, do you want to come? And he goes, in time, I'm going to leave and join you out there. Or are we already there? And she, Pulaski says, we're in London. She goes, what are you up to? And he goes, well, I sit the bait. I'm just waiting for your captain, Jean-Luc Picard, which I said, holy mackerel, how did you do know that? And Pulaski says, who's that? She, she's totally getting schooled. And he goes, how well you know. And his hook is the steam machine. Then it's 3458. Worf comes out of a room or elevator. He's putting on gray gloves. He's totally in a suit. He looks like a, he looks great. Uh, I put rad here in my notes. Uh, even Riker, he goes, nice suit. Uh, Worf goes, darn tootin'. No, he says, thank you. And Data says, shall we go? And Picard has like a top hat. He pops it open with his cane. Picard is so smooth. And he tells the computer to open the door and they go in. Uh, And the top of the London is fading. The characters kind of seem in rougher shape, a little bit like the Dickens Fair. Like like in the Dickens Fair, you don't look up. That's like the main thing. Uh, It's more fun if you, you stay at eye level. And people are kind of clutching on to one another. Uh, let's see. There's a ale and stout store or something. They put note. Uh, uh, then uh, Picard bends down and picks up a coin. It's a tuppence. Uh, and Data says, what? He goes, two pence. Uh, good luck. Uh, we're going to need it. And then a ruffian comes and says, hey, give me your tuppence. And Data goes, no. Uh, and then they, they go on their way again. Oh yeah. That was the name of the, uh, the pub noted Allen stout stores. Uh, so then there's the slow open of the bookcase with the Creek, uh, in like steam kind of going through that's at 37, 10. And then they walk in and this was, you got to watch this 37, 10. Uh, it's a whole, this is probably one of the funniest scenes ever, like, uh, unintentionally. Like, because Pulaski's into, like, a mid, like, Pulaski's up to, like, they walk in, uh, Moriarty's at his machine. He looks up gently. I put double WTF, uh, G, GIF, you need to GIF this moment, uh, like, because Pulaski looks up, uh, and she, like, almost jumps up like she's was busted by her parents coming in, or, like, she's a babysitter or something, and she's in, like, this uh, stupor, and she's trying to get all the crumbs off of her uh, and button up her coat. It, it was like, I, I must have watched it 20 times. Uh, uh, it's hilarious. I'm going to watch it right now. Here they go. They're walking in, uh, like, uh, very slowly into the lounge. Uh, now Moriarty's looking over at Data. He says, Captain Picard. And then... Uh, Oh, man, you got to watch it. She jumps right up. She's still chewing, and she's trying to act like she wasn't up to anything. Uh, but she quickly re- regains her digni- dignity, and uh, Moriarty says, Yes, I'm civilized. I give scones out. Then he shakes the ship again, and we see Troy and Riker on the bridge exchanging, you know, looks. He calls to Worf, who says, No ch- no change. Uh, he has serious Troy look. Uh and uh, Riker's worried look. And then we're back in Moriarty's room. Picard's holding his gloves. The dude looks like a strapping as any hero I've ever seen in my life. Uh, like, so, so, like, a heroic. Uh, but in first, Data's standing behind him. And then as they talk, Data steps up and capitulates to Moriarty. And holds out his hand, which Moriarty's worried at. He looks at his machine. 
Yeah, but the, what's happening dialogue-wise is that if your character goes, dude, you're just like a conjured-up image to, to, to defeat Holmes. Uh, and he goes, when we're done, we're going to turn this program off. Uh, so cut it out. Uh, and Data goes, yep, I capitulate to the better man, your victory. And more, more already goes, no, 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 it's gone beyond the game, Mr. Data. I'm not calling you Holmes. Uh, whatever I was when this began, I've grown. And I'm understanding things. I got the power to shake the ship, as you can see. And Picard goes, yeah, but uh, you're just trying to get my attention, shaking the ship. Uh, what, what do you want? And Moriarty goes, the same thing you do to exist. Uh, he goes, uh, he goes, you know, if the ship's not here, doesn't that matter to you? He goes, uh, which is a pun, because for matter is what I am not. Uh, computers taught me I'm made up of energy. And Picard takes off his hat. Uh, and Moriarty keeps his hand on his little lever for his machine. And uh, Data just stands there. He's like the rest of the like a few minutes while Picard speaks to Data. It's almost staring with unblink. He blinks a couple times, but most of the time he's just staring. Uh, like, you know, if you're stoic or what. Uh, but Picard says... Uh, uh, he says, Jesus, what do I want? Matter, I'm made up of energy. And Picard goes, well, it's not entirely true. He goes, the holodeck uses a principle of kind of like a, trans, a device we call a transporter. He goes, when we live, we've learned that energy and matter are interchangeable. And he goes, in the holodeck, energy is converted to matter. He goes, thus you have substance, but only here. And then Picard, P- P- Pulaski's got to pipe in. Moriarty goes, if I'm not on the holodeck, and she, P- Pulaski says, then you cease to exist. And, you know, this isn't Picard's first uh, holodeck rodeo. So he says, dude, you're, you don't exist. Uh, you're only, and Moriarty goes, well, if you're, you're saying I'm only holographic, but how are you positive? And Picard goes, I'm positive. Uh, and Moriarty goes, well, what about data? He goes, is he, is he a life or is he a machine? And Picard goes, no, he is more. And Moriarty goes, exactly. Cogito ero, ergo sum. Think, therefore, I am. And Picard goes, yeah, but uh, this was a tough like way to like try to end this episode. Like, uh, really, like, uh, Moriarty goes, well, for me, that's all that matters. He goes, you had your computer program... Uh, uh, 19th century nemesis, uh, but I'm no longer that creation. I've changed, and I'm aware of my own consciousness. And Picard, you know, brings him, drops some real reality on him. He goes, listen, I'm in charge of the ship and the crew. And Marty goes, well, I want my existence. Uh, Picard goes, well, I'm not sure that's possible. And Moriarty goes, well, then you're going to have to, you know, reboot me, Captain and Picard goes, I don't think I can give you what you want anyway. And Morty goes, why? You can't convert holodeck matter into a permanent form? He goes, Picard goes, yeah, that's it. Uh, he goes, don't you? He goes, if you could do that, can you imagine the like uh, how many people would go on the holodeck, fall in love? And he goes, our ship, you know, couldn't handle the matter. And Moriarty goes, can you explain that to me again? And Picard goes, Ooh, in, in, in PG terms, he goes, you, he goes, uh, kind of like, a, he goes, whatever was going on with the crumpets on the couch with Pulaski, imagine if she could take that with her. Uh, he goes, everybody on the ship would do that, probably more than once. Uh, and Moriarty goes, well, that's not really fair for me. And Picard goes, yeah, it's a pity. It's too bad. Uh, and he goes, yeah. He goes, well, I've been fascinated. He goes, I, I don't want to, like, uh, go back to being just playing up energy. And Picard goes, yeah, let's, uh, and then he goes, it's rough, man. But he goes, I, you know, I can't have any of these weird st- stuff to put some of my crews into walking around the ship. He goes, it's bad enough when Riker comes back from Risa. He goes, it almost ruined all of Starfleet, uh. And Moriarty goes, Madam, I've enjoyed your company. He goes, uh, computer, cancel the override and return control of the main computer. He goes, Captain, my fate is in your hands as it always was. And Picard calls Riker. He goes, Riker, I got it under control. 
And he goes, listen, man, the computer's got back up. He goes, tons of memory. Memory's cheap even now. He goes, uh, he goes, I'll have him do a double backup of you, put you in the cloud. And he goes, maybe we could bring you back. And then Picard goes, computer, uh, make sure you format all all drives with Moriarty as soon as he's gone. And then Moriarty goes, well, he didn't hear that part, though. So he goes, oh, maybe I'll see you again, madam. And Pulaski goes, nope, no one's going to see me after the season because uh, I'm too rude to data. Can you hear the glee in Scooter's voice at my misfortune? And Pulaski and Moriarty goes, well, I can share in it. But he goes, I'll still give you tons of crumpets in my dreams, my dear. And he goes, I des- detest long goodbyes. And Picard goes, no problem, uh, computer. Save Moriarty and then discontinue. And, like, uh, there's another shot of the ship because they have uh, control. And then Picard walks into engineering. He walks right up to Jordy. Uh, Jordy's working on his ship. He goes, Picard goes, is there any damage? Uh, and I don't know if, you know, this is like a figurative term, too. And Jordy goes, she cracked a, a spar when the Enterprise was shaken. Otherwise, pretty good. And Picard goes, beautiful testimony to simpler times. And Jordy goes, yeah. He goes, geez, I just spoke one word, Captain. And uh, it really messed it up. And Picard goes, well, she'll be in ship shape in Bristol fashion. And uh, Jordy goes, Bristol fashion, sir? And Picard goes, it's an old Navy phase, meaning everything in perfect order, it, like it is now, son. Uh, buck up, you did it. You're, you're all forgiven. Only person with a grudge is Moriarty against you, and he's been formatted. And then Jordy said, Captain, is it true that, you know, you could fall in love in the holodeck and you can't? And he goes, yeah, exactly. You can't bring what happens on the holodeck stays on the holodeck and never, ever open Crusher 4. Uh, trust me. Or Riker, you know, Riker 6 stash, you know what, uh. And Jordy goes, okay, Captain. And he goes, great. And then they call in, the victory has arrived. And Picard goes, on my way, number one. And Picard, uh, as he smoothly walks out, he pats Jordy. Uh, and the episode ends. So quite, quite a good episode. Uh, good night.